Hi, I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Decom Mission. Anyway. Anyway, back on track. To back on track. You need to write on track? <laughs> write on track. <laughs> wow, I can't even get the yes. name of <laughs> Back on track yeah. to write on track. Yes. Today is Something the right track episode. Yeah. Um. So this is 2003's Right on Track, starring Beverly Mitchell and Brie Larson. I say starring. She's on the she's on the poster, and she plays the younger sister, who's supposed to be like equally as cool. She's in so much less of the movie than I would want. Courtney's like a really important character, and she's really interesting. But like, I just I just wish there was a little more Courtney. Yeah, I was. I feel like I. Every 20 minutes of the movie, I'm like, oh, this is the point when Courtney's going to come and, like, take over the spotlight and it's going to be about her the rest of the movie. And it just never happened. No. And Erica was fine as a character. I I just wanted, I just wanted Courtney because she was better and she was Brie Larson. Right. We need more Brie. Fabulous. Brie Larson. Wow. I can't talk at all today. Wow. It's going to be a fun time. It is going to be a great time. Yeah. And her fabulous early 2000s spacey bangs yeah those ones where it's like you 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 put a curler in them but then you've like pieced them out yeah like all about an inch apart every single strand of hair yeah i feel like it just makes your forehead look bigger when you have such spacey bangs and you can see everyone wanted a big forehead it was in big forehead skinny eyebrows and weird sunglasses the skinny sporty sunglasses i feel like it i feel like those sunglasses change what your face looks like oh 100 like, i didn't even recognize erica or courtney at sometimes when they'd have those on i'm like oh yeah that's erica <laughs> she looks completely oh, yeah. different i'm watching degrassi right now and there's i've mentioned this i'm saying this like this is news to anyone um i'm watching it because uh i'm stressed right now last week's episode was a little bit short partially because you know we talked about what we needed to talk about and Cadet Kelly was really good, and it's like, you know, it's just, we're just gonna keep beating a dead horse about how good this movie is, let's just, you know, let's, let's cut it here, but also, uh, really stressful time, I've had some job changes, uh, and I've got a new cat, who you got is a, a feral cat, a new apartment, you got a lot of new stuff I've got a new on. apartment, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, he's a feral cat, so he's been, you know, a little bit exhausting that way, because, you know, it takes a little, little bit longer for them to get comfortable inside, but he's still a really good kitty, so it's just, it's just, it's taking a lot out of me, and, uh, yeah, so if I sounded, so if I sounded a little off last week, uh, I was, and if you noticed, kudos good to for you. you, that means you've been listening, yeah, you've been listening to this podcast too much, or you know me, and if you didn't notice, good for me. <laughs> I'm amazing. You are an actress, and after all. <laughs> I'm, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no one just saw me do that, like, really horrible, like, fingers together, like, ah, yes, oh, bien, type thing. Uh, anyway. Anyway, tra- um, trash TV has been your savior during trash stressful TV times. Because, because their problems are always so much it's bigger so and so much worse. And my brain, instead of being like, they don't know, they don't even know. My brain watches it and go, this isn't a problem. This isn't a problem. Like, oh no. What, this isn't a, this isn't a real thing that happens. Like, there's these characters in the early seasons that there's this guy named Craig. I don't know if you remember Craig, Curly, Sarah. curly, dark hair Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw Craig for the first time in season two or whatever, and I went, oh, Craig. <laughs> and uh, and he, he cheats on his girlfriend and gets another girl pregnant. And spoilers, and it's just so funny because it's just the way that it's written is. Mm-hmm. It, and there's also the like underlying tones of like you know, s- don't have sex without a condom, children. You get you get pregnant every time. Yeah. Even if you use a condom, you get pregnant every time. Don't have <laughs> sex, but also s- we're gonna talk about it, and th- you're gonna have it. And I think it's so funny because it's very obvious. And they did this in the original series of Degrassi as well, where it's like these kids are having sex and these actors 1000% have not and are so uncomfortable talking about these things. Uh-huh. And it's just, oh, it's, it's, uh oh. 
Like they're trying to turn it into this educational after school special type of thing, but it's really just <laughs> it's so soapy. So bad. It's so soapy. Uh and it's just it's just so funny. And like I said, I'm my favorite background noise is talking that is stuff that I can kind of half pay attention to. So like I can't watch like new shows and I can't really listen to a lot of podcasts that I like mm-hmm. because most of the podcasts that I like are people talking about things that I want to know about. So it's really hard for me to listen to those while I'm working, especially when I'm at the office right. because right now in my job I'm at the, I'm part-time in office and it's like just me, but I have to like do things for the tech department and I have to run the office in case there's packages and mail and stuff. So like I'm always kind of like on alert. Yep. I know what so you're saying. Sometimes it, when I'm doing off yeah. like desk work, office work um, type of stuff at my job, I try to listen to something like a podcast and then I get too caught up in typing or something. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. guess I'll rewind whatever I'm listening to for five minutes because I haven't time. been paying attention. Every time. And I got to start, I gotta like start watching Degrassi at work. <laughs> Can you imagine? Wes, Ethan's friend who I've, who I've been talking to about Degrassi, um, it's been just been great to have someone just go, this part is such trash. Like, for example, I sent him a picture of Ryan Cooley, who plays JT, who is mm-hmm. the kid who was in uh, The Color of Friendship, wearing just the most quintessential 2002 tv kid outfit not even like a real kid but it was like an orange hawaiian shirt khaki you know bermuda shorts i remember that yellow t-shirt and a backwards cap and those stupid sunglasses that they used in right on track and i got to send it to him and go what is this (laughs) who put this on tv I love when I do my like complaining about something voice. I turn into a Brooklyn grandma, <laughs> and I don't. I don't a, a Jewish Brooklyn grandma. I should I should stipulate, and I do it all the time. I do it. I don't even just do it on this podcast. I hope you should know. I do this with the people I work with. I do this with Sarah. I do this with mm-hmm. Ethan. I do this with everybody. I also, uh, so I, I you know I do the Brooklyn grandma when there's something wrong. But then uh, there's a game, uh, in the Jackbox series. That's all about, actually, there's a couple of them where you're, like, pitching something. Like, there's one where you're pitching, uh, like, a like a product for a certain thing. And I was, uh, I was playing with my AP Gov friends and Ethan, and we were pitching something about theme parks and, and toilet paper, let's say. I don't remember if that's actually what it was, but let's just say. And I, my thing that I wanted to do was make, like, a toilet paper for it. And... So I get there and I and I turn into like a, a you know Bronx construction worker. They're not always in New York. I also do you know other voices, but like these these two are like my main go tos. And I and anytime I have to do like a joke presentation, I'll go okay. So you're sitting on a bench and you're going, man, I wish I was in a fort, but I want it to be a comfy white fort. It's like an igloo, but it don't melt. So what do you do? You find toilet paper from all the public restrooms and then you build a fort in the theme park and then you've got your own theme park in the theme park. Who needs the Disney castle when you've got toilet paper castle? I love it so much. You are so good at anything like that, especially playing Jackbox games because I played Jackbox with you and your family and I, I love playing it, but I'm definitely not an improv on the spot type of person. So mostly I'm just entertained by whatever you're doing. I'm trained, Sarah. You are I went trained. To the Second City Improv, <laughs> and that's why yeah, the joke is always, "Oh, Sarah sucks at Jackbox," and I know it. And I it, that's we just play the only. It. That's only your joke. You're the only <laughs> one who thinks that. You're perfectly fine at Jackbox. You're actually quite funny at Jackbox. Oh, you're well, like, good. I suck. <laughs> oh no! I'm what always the last do? one to send I'm in my answers funny. though, because I'm sitting there like I don't know what to say. So then I just say something stupid, and it works out okay, I guess. <laughs> it's but. so funny every time. I it's uh, I love I love those games. They're just there's just genius. Uh-huh. I still need to write into them about our family version of Fibbage. But Oh yeah. Quippage. Yeah. So Quippage, my family so plays fun. my family plays this totally like meshed version uh, of what Quiplash is the, on, and Fibbage. Yeah. Homebrew, that's the word. Yeah, we play we we play fibbage but we fi- play it by quiplash rules so instead of trying to find the real answer you're try- you're just voting for your favorite answer and if you get the right answer then 
ideally, if it was a real game, you would lose points. But in this one, you gain points. So, like, the person with the most points at the end loses in a lot of ways. Yeah, and we always try not to pick that one on purpose. But sometimes the the real answer or, like, the fib is so ridiculous as well that you're kind of like, okay, it must be that. Or yeah, I think, I or I think it's the them. funniest one, but then it's the correct answer. It's so much fun. It's it's. I don't want to say it's better than the original Fibbage because like it's it's fun to play original Fibbage and then play uh, Quibbage because it's like it's like a warm up round in a lot of ways. But it's it, Quibbage is so it's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so it's because you just it's basically you know Quiplash where you're trying to think of the most ridiculous answer, but but instead. You're trying to think the most r- ridiculous answer that will trick people into thinking it's th- it's the right answer, more so than fibbage actually makes you do. Because like that's the whole idea that you want from fibbage, but you're trying to find the most wrong answer in in quippage and the most right answer in fibbage. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you should definitely write them and tell them. I to need come to up write them. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting, but it's 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 so it's so fun. Yeah. If any of you play Jackbox games, please try that. It is so fun. It's so fun. It, there's no way to mo- really monitor points, but it's it's it, it, you it's just, just do about it without the fun. points. Yeah. It's so much. It's so fun. Anyway, right on track. <laughs> you mean back on track? <laughs> I wonder how many times I'm gonna think of that. I don't know why I was thinking it's back on track. <laughs> um. So, I mentioned this. In both of the previous episodes so far, um, that this is a movie that I would like circle the times in the in the newspaper and I would watch a lot. I didn't own it, but it was one that if I saw it on TV, I'd go, "Ooh, right on track! I'll watch this." But I didn't remember anything about it. Like I remembered it was about drag racing, and that was kind of it. And I kind of had this feeling memory, which like I can only kind of equate it to being like, "Oh, drag racing is cool," but it's not like the words were formulated in my brain of like, "Drag racing is cool." It was just like she was in the car and me in in my like gut I was going ooh cool but like he was like caveman speak cuz it was just you know chemicals in my body going ooh drag race cool whoa I'm just imagining your serotonin just rising so much just seeing them drag race I'm like oh I'm so happy and I want to try I didn't think I didn't feel it this time though like it's not like I was like wow drag racing still cool I just I there was just something about it when I was a kid where I was like and I don't know if it was just like I I had a better adrenaline system when I was a kid. Or maybe it's because, like, you, you weren't even driving yet, so the concept of driving a, any Ooh, form of car. that's actually probably a good point. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of like that's go-karts when you're younger. They're so much fun because you don't drive yet, but you get to drive this little car. But now that I'm... <laughs> they're still fun now that I'm older, but they're not as fun. It's not go-karts, Sarah. It's not go-karts. You know what it is? What is it? Barbie dream cars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I loved Barbie dream cars. Barbie dream cars, I never owned one, but my like second cousin in Rhode Island owned one. And she didn't even own the car. She owned one of the, it was like one of the ones that like four, it was like an ATV basically. Yeah. And I remember being there for like Thanksgiving or something one year and like waiting, waiting to, for it to charge that I could drive it because it was so fun. Those things are fun. Uh-huh. And there's no, the, the problem with go-karts is that, you know, you're always racing someone and there's always that like competitive a- aspect to it, which I was like, it's fun, but I don't want it. And also like, you got to worry about being on a track, but with the Barbie dream cars, you're like, ah, I'm at my house. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, I see your Barbie dream car and I raise you a little tyke's car. Do the you remember those? You just had, like, oh, there's a very, not famous, <laughs> yes, obviously, but there's a, there's a very uh, internally famous within my own family of my dad, my sister, and my mom and I, of my sister and I in a little tyke's car. You have a, a picture or a video? Picture. And I think Oh, video. you should send me that because I think I have one too. You have to ask my dad because for it. We have that um, loop in my mom's house. So yeah. we started when we were like really little. We'd do the little tykes car. And then as we got older, we'd do like the razor scooters. And then we'd do rollerblades around that loop. <laughs> Such fun times. Yeah. Well, in my house, we had that at my driveway at that big open area at the top, which was great for like scooters and bikes and things. Except one time I fell off a scooter when I was about eight and got a rock lodged in my knee. And I still have Ooh. the scar. Prove it. 
Oh, it's actually like, watch this not be the right knee, but this is, this is definitely the right knee. She took a razor to the knee. I did. Took the razor. Took a razor. A razor scooter. It wasn't actually the razor. It was, it was the ground. <laughs> she she, Am I she shaved her knee. Did my left knee? Have I just lost my mind? Oh my god, did my scar heal? Whoa. It's a miracle. No, it's like still here, but it's, it's, it's very, very... So I think what happened was I... So what happened was that there was gravel that actually got stuck in my knee. So I think what might have happened... Is that the gravel might have finally broken down <laughs> or something. Um, it was, like, really minute, but it was, like, it was still, like, a bumpy scar. And the doctor was even like, yeah, you got gravel in your knee. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm roadkill. <laughs> no, you want to talk about taking a razor to the to the, to the the leg. When I was in college, uh, I was coming out of my, the university building, which is where, like, our, our quick service food place was. And some dude longboarded into the doorway where I was oh. and rammed into my ankle and bruised Ooh. my bone. Jeez. Yeah. That and he was so like, painful. oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then he like walked away. And my friend, my friend who was with me just looked at him and was like, are you serious, dude? Don't write it. And I was like, I was like screaming at him. I was like, are you serious right now? Are you seriously riding your longboard directly into the building? Stop it in front of the door. And, yeah. and my friend who was with him was like, kind of knew the guy and was like, dude, seriously, like use your brain. Um, and my, bro- my bone was bruised. Cause like bone bruises can last for a really long time. My bone was mm-hmm. bruised for like a year. It was, re- it would like hurt to walk on every so often. Like for and when I first bruised it, I couldn't even like walk on it at all for the first like, couple swell days. Swell up, dig out, Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then I was, I was on my way to class too. So I had to like go to the nurse Go to class, um, and I had to get a bag of ice and in my class have a bag of ice on my leg. And my professor didn't really like me. Um, surprise, a teacher didn't like me. He didn't, like, hate me or anything, but he was kind of, like, really ambivalent about me. And I was like, somebody longboarded into my ankle. And he was like, okay. And then he just, like, walked away. I was like, and Scott was like, I was there. It really happened. (laughs) It happened. Someone longboarded into my ankle. Why would you make that up? What kind of, like, also, like, why would someone, I had the entire story, too. I was, like, I was, like, I was walking out of the university building and, and uh, the UC, the the university center. I was, like, I was walking out of the UC and into the doorway, like, he tried to, to longboard into the building and he rammed into my ankle. And, like, you would see, like, I took away the ice and you could, like, see, like, the line where he hit me and the professor was still, like, hmm. I was, like, come on. What? And then I had, I was taking like, cause I was, I was at the time I I was taking these dance classes and luckily I had this really lovely teacher and she was just the nicest, sweetest and super understanding. And she knew bone bruises could last a while and were kind of, the thing about bone bruises is that they'll, they'll hurt and then they won't and then they'll hurt again. And she was like, I know that you'll probably have like waves. And if there's times where you need to sit down and rest your ankle, rest your ankle. And I was like, bless See, that's you. a good teacher. No, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's like one of the nicest people on the planet. Um, shout out to Felicia. Uh, anyway, so this is a movie I really liked. And I still really like Brie Larson. So the blurb for this movie. It's TVG. It's from 2003. It's now we're 28. Sports. Family. Buddy. Buddy. I still don't get it. Even after watching the movie, I'm like, is it like There's no Randy reason this is Erica? Buddy. Buddy? No, there's no there's no reason for this movie to be listed as buddy at all. Especially when there's no other well, none that we've seen that no, are buddy. No. And also there's no way to look up genres or tags on this platform. So what's yeah. the point? I know it's I just to be like descriptive, that, like, but I thought one of the earlier movies we were able to click on the genre. I thought so too. But maybe we just searched genre. Yeah, I wonder I if I did that. I did that. It didn't. Buddy. I did. I didn't no, see you it. tried. Yeah, it wasn't on there. So like, I think it was just kind of like p- picking and choosing. But anyway, the blurb for this movie is: the Ender's sisters make it all the way to the top of the male-dominated junior drag racing world, but life on the tracks isn't without challenges as they face fierce competitors who'd rather not have girls winning in their sport. Okay, that's actually not the main issue with this that's not the main pull of this movie yeah i feel like there's actually 
not as much of the whole girl driving or drag racing versus guys that I thought it was no. going to be. It's not like, oh, women can do everything men can. Yeah. It wasn't it's as there, much as that. But it's not. It's there, it's but not... it's not as big as um, motocross. Yeah. Oh, no. It's nowhere near as big as motocross. Yeah. I would say that this is much more of like Erica contemplating her place in the drag racing world. Mm-hmm. Debating if she wants to actually do it or not. Yeah. If she, you know, if she wants to be a, a, you know, a quote unquote regular teenage girl or if she wants to be a drag racing champion. Right. So I think it's a, it's an existential dilemma in a lot of ways. The mini blurb is two sisters fight for their place in male dominated junior drag racing. I think yeah. I like the mini blurb better. <laughs> I do, but it's still kind of the, it's still kind of the issue of like, but it's, it the is male better. dominated. Yeah. yeah. It is but it's better, more, it's more like the two sisters are fighting for their place. And at first when I, I saw that, I thought it was going to be like them racing against each other. But it's more like fighting for their place as their own person. You know, like she, yeah. like Courtney's fighting for her place. Erica's fighting for her place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. So the, the, the long description of this movie is that Erica... Anders is the lead of the of the of the movie and then she has her younger sister Courtney who's a side character. She's really not in as much of the movie as I would like as I think I already said. Um so Erica starts drag racing when she's 8 years old and she wins like all the time. And she's very good and, but she keeps losing to this one guy and the guy's dad is a jerk. But she's also so busy with drag racing that she really doesn't have a life. And so, like, she can't go to her friend's party. She can't get a boyfriend. Like, she doesn't have that many friends. And that's kind of a bummer. Um, But then she gets a sponsor. I'm missing... There's actually a lot more to this movie, so it's kind of hard to, like, boil it down. Um, yeah, she also does volleyball, which yeah, I, was, I thought I, it was just, like, a gym class at first. But she's on the yeah. volleyball team, too, which also makes her very yeah, busy so and even busy. the two conflicts yeah the yeah. volleyball interferes with the racing yeah so she gets a sponsor for drag racing because she gets in an accident um because her her car she accidentally goes when they just noticed something was wrong um but she's fine nothing's wrong but she uh she immediately goes back to the track and races again and that shows the sponsor that like she's really dedicated which is kind of a dangerous thought, but, like, still. Um, and then she and her sister get sponsored by Pennzoil. Then she's, you know, she's really dedicated. She's even more dedicated to drag racing. But then she she's on the vo- volleyball team, and they go to a uh, drag racing meet the night before. They have to go. She has, like, this volleyball regional team meet. That was... They go to a drag racing meet the night before she has a volleyball regional game. And their car breaks down on the way back, so she misses the regional game, and she gets to the center, and all of her teammates are like, way to go, Erica, you made us lose the game. And then her, so she's coach, the only one. <laughs> her coach is even like, you really let us down, Erica. And it's like, it's all, and basically said it's all your fault. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if your team is all relying on this one person, you're a terrible coach. And you don't deserve and to be don't, there anyway. Don't deserve to be there. And don't tell that to a 16-year-old girl. Like, right. Or boy. Like, don't tell that to a 16-year-old anybody. That's so detrimental to their mental health. Anyway. Then. So that's when she contemplates that. Then oh, maybe she, I don't want to do racing. Then she quits yeah. racing for like a day. Uh, and then she gets back into it. And then they go to nationals and she wins. That's it. That there's. But I will say. This blurb that I'm saying now. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but th- this is a very different one because there actually is a lot more that happens in this movie than what I said. There's actually kind of a lot. There's like, sh- you know, she has this love interest. There's also, uh, she's not allowed to race if she doesn't get all A's, which is in- insane with how busy she is. Um, and so she has to like really work on her French and then she does it. And that's kind of what like sparks her to go back to racing because she quit because she thought that she couldn't get an A. So she was worried she was too hard on herself. And, like, the whole the whole thing that, like... And Courtney is, like, kind of better than Erica, and Erica doesn't really like it. But, like, Erica, uh, Courtney finally tells Erica that, like, her secret is to just breathe. Uh, which reminds me of a Scrubs thing, uh, where JD is jealous that 
Elliot is better than him, but all she does is just take a breath and then and then he starts doing that and it's fine. And I agree with that. I think that taking a breath and trying to just relax because there's actually there's like this misconception about um like when people go to do acting and like there's like a you like take a big deep breath in and then you go. There's like this huge I don't even say it's a misconception, but there's like this huge counter argument, not even like conflict. Where it's like, do you take the breath or do you like breathe in, breathe out and then go? And mm-hmm. I had a couple of professors that would be like, if you do the breath before where you breathe out, you're losing all your momentum. And I'm like, yeah, but you're also letting breathing. go stress and yeah. <laughs> like letting things go before going on. Yeah, I would think that you'd want to breathe in and let it go before going on. But yeah, I'm also just a person who in my life, I've had a lot of stressful and anxiety filled moments such as everyone but i've learned that if if i don't breathe it makes things so much worse mm-hmm. so i'm i'm such a i'm such an advocate for taking a breath and it's part of the reason i got hired at my job is because they were like what are you going to do if the phones are going off the doorbells ringing you know someone's yelling at you to you know, they need something faxed like what are you going to do and i'm going to say first i'm going to take a breath cuz you can't do anything if you're not breathing Mm-hmm. And it'll and it centers me and it lets me realize exactly what I need to do in what order. Things that are the most priority take first priority, obviously. But then if I need to tell someone to wait, if I need to put someone on hold, if I need to ask someone to help me, I'm gonna do it. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's just the way it goes. So I I I appreciate that message. I it's obviously I don't think you know the main moral of the movie, but it's it's an important lesson to have. And I would say, I would say it's kind of an, I guess we're going into the moral, sorry, but (laughs) I would say that it's almost an accidental true moral. It's just remember to breathe or just breathe. Uh, It's like that song. I was like, just breathe. I was just, I just thought of that too. Um, yeah, I have three morals written down, I think. I don't know if any of them are actually correct though. I have... I like one. I like one okay. I feel like a lot of them tie into the same type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you probably have the same thing I do, but go ahead. So I've got a couple quotes. The two quotes I have are, it's not about winning, it's about being the best person you can. Which is the one I think... Yeah. Oh, that's first sidebar. good dad. This is the best dad we've had. Like, he was... He's a rad dad. Oh, he was so rad. He was exactly what you would want from a sports movie dad. He was supportive. Mm-hmm. He wasn't aggressive. He let her do what she wanted to do and how she wanted to do it, you know, within reason. Yeah, he was firm when he needed to be, though. Yeah. And they even addressed it like, oh, I hate being mad at you and, like, having to discipline yeah. you. And she's like, oh, yeah, I hate that, too. But hopefully it doesn't happen again. And it was a really good moment. Oh, because she'd gloated. And he's like, don't do that. That's embarrassing for you, for me, for our team. Don't do that. You're better yeah. than that. And he says, I thought this quote was amazing. Did I write this one down? I, I wrote down to remember it, but I didn't write the other quote. But he's like, I never, I, I, I always thought I'd have to teach you how to lose. I never thought oh, yeah. I'd have to never teach thought you. I'd have to teach you how to win. Yeah. yeah. I Just, love that. That was a great quote. And, and, and then when she decided she wanted to quit, he went, do you mind telling me why? He didn't go, you can't quit. He just went, why do you want to quit? And she went, mm-hmm. I just, I just do. And he went, okay. Okay. That's Because he had told the mom, because the mom had said, like, what yeah, if they want to quit? And he it. said, if he said, if they want to quit, I'll let them. And it's just oh, like, yes. It was so good. And also, I said this when we were watching it, but I... <sighs> Quitting is not a bad thing, especially when you are a kid. Mm-hmm. It is so healthy to know when to quit. I've quit things. I loved, yeah, I, and I, I, I used to think it was this huge taboo, you're a quitter type things. And it's, it's because society looks at quitting as quitting. And it's like, you know, I was an Irish dancer for seven years and I loved it. But there was a point when I was in high school where it was kind of the same thing where I was like, you know, I want to spend time with my friends. I actually remember the exact day and you were there, Sarah, you, me and Nicole went to the new Sonic that is now uh, the one closed. that the line around the block. I remember yeah, that. <laughs> that is now closed. It closed after like 10 years. Not even 10 years. It closed after like eight. Anyway, 
but I had to go to dance and you guys were going to go to the mall. And I was really upset because I had not wanted to go to dance for a while because I felt like I wasn't getting the support that I wanted from my instructors because I wasn't. My friends were all surpassing me in ability and I was trying so hard and I was realizing that, you know, I just didn't have the physical ability to be the best dancer that I wanted to be. I was doing the best that I could, but it, it wasn't the best that I wanted to be. And I realized that trying to push myself to be that kind of best was unhealthy for my mind and body and spirit. So mm-hmm. I was like, I need to quit. And I got to dance and I was already upset and already like, man, I wish I was just hanging out with my friends. And I got there and my instructor immediately started berating me and I went to the bathroom and I cried and I called my mom and I went, I'm done, mom. I'm done. And she, she understood and she was, she was fine with it. And she said, that's fine. And, and I mean, she was kind of like, okay, okay. To be fair, I will say my mother also didn't really like my dance instructors. So there's that aspect. But I mean, it's not like, it's not like I've quit Irish dance. That's something that that's, and this is, this is a point that I want to make. You can quit Something without quitting it. Because yep. I, quote unquote, quit Irish dance. No, I quit going to that school. I have held Irish dance with me my whole life. I still, you know, if you see me standing around and I've got like fidgety legs, I'm, and you see me like dancing, I'm probably dancing. I'm probably just doing Irish dance stuff. I still, you know, I still like watching people do it. I still at Irish Fest will go and see the shows of my old school. I, like, I still, I still love it. I, it's still a part of my heart. It's still a part of, of who I was growing up. But it's like, and this isn't, it's not like a weird reference, but it's, it's, it, 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 it's like an inside out when Riley's hockey island falls. That was the moment that my Irish dancing island fall, fell because it was so important to me. It was, it was, I mean, you were, you were friends with me for only a couple of years that I was doing it, but I mean, you, you saw a couple of years when I was really invested in it. And then it just, I just knew that I needed to stop. Yep. And I wish, I, I, I wish with all my heart that I could have gotten better. I wish I practiced, I had a, a private instructor I had, who I adored. She was amazing. Um, I had, you know, these, this little area in my parents' basement where I had this like special flooring that I could just dance on. And I would do that whenever I wanted. I practiced. I worked. My asthma held me back. My scoliosis held me back. My multitude of bodily issues held me back because my body is a broken mess. And and it kills me. It, like, it kills me. I, I, I would have loved to have tried more. But I, you know, when I got to high school, it was like, okay, I'm, you know, I've got to look towards college now. Crap. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, mine wasn't on that big of a scale, but I used to take piano lessons as a kid. Mm-hmm. And up until like, I think it was like fifth or sixth grade, when I just, I didn't practice one week and I'm like, I don't want to go to piano lessons anymore. I didn't practice. I don't feel prepared. I'm just like not into it anymore. Yeah. So it was actually my next door neighbor who was my piano teacher. So my mom called her and she's like, she doesn't want to come. So the my teacher was like, well, just have her come over and we'll like just do one more session. So I did that. But then after that, I was like, no, like, I'm pretty sure I just I don't want to do it anymore. It's it's not fun for me. It's more stressful having to practice all the time. Yeah. And at that point, I was getting into band. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I really just prefer playing the clarinet over playing the piano. And just like you with dancing, I still play piano sometimes. Sure, I'm not really good at sight reading. It takes me a long time to sight read, but I can still read the notes and I can still play. And it really helped me in band because I could I. I could read music. So I it benefited me to do it for yeah. however many years I did. Well, and also if you ever wanted to, you know, pick the piano back up, uh, you got someone who's a trained piano teacher. That, that right is at true. Your disposal, and my mother. I don't know I don't know if your mom still does the piano I don't know with COVID, but um she does lessons or a, a yeah. class at she Madison. does just she it's not at Madison, but she does I'm pitching my mom if you live in the Wisconsin area. <laughs> She does plug classes it, through. Plug it. She does. She does classes through folklore. She's doing doing a lot of of um, virtual classes. Reach out to her for sure. Yeah. She would also just teach you. But she she does a lot of what's <laughs> called piano off the page, where she tries to teach people to play the piano without sheet music and just learn it intuitively. 
because my mm-hmm. mom is super rad. I know I talk about my mom and how she doesn't listen to the podcast and I, you know, I, I gripe at her all the time, but I love my mother. I think she's an amazing musician in person and mm-hmm. I love that I grew up with this woman playing piano in my house my entire life and it's it's an, a very important part of, of who I am. Um, and so I, I think it's really cool what she does and I think I think that she's an amazing person and yeah. she's small and weird and I want to put her in my pocket. And we love her. Yeah, we love her. Yeah. I'm always so jealous of like her and anyone else who can just like open up a, a piece of, or a, like any song, any sheet of music, and then they can just play it without ever having played it before. Oh, I can do that. But it's like, I, I get it because I can do it on the clarinet, but like piano, I just, yeah. oh no, it piano takes me can... so long with both hands to, to try to figure it out. I, yeah, I can't do it with piano. I... I'm pretty sure it has something to do with my focusing issues because I can play, I can, I can read the music. I just can't do it simultaneously. I can't move my, it's actually my, my hands can't, I can't move them counterintuitively, like, like counteractively. And my mom always goes, well, you do that with a saxophone, you do that with a saxophone. I'm like, but my brain but your is hands are- saying that they're the same thing. They're one. Like, when I play the right. saxophone, it's like, okay, I'm playing an F. Okay, well, my fingers, in order exactly. to do this, both of them have to look like this. But with the piano, it's like, I have to play this note and this note, and my I just couldn't do it. And I actually have a very Plus- formative memory of when I was five, and my sister had been taking piano lessons, and then my mom signed me up for piano lessons, and I, I remember this perfectly. Being in the piano, at the piano, I'd already been, like, you know, dinking around at home, and try. she was trying to get me to do the opposite hand thing, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it, and I slammed my hands on the piano, and I went, I don't want to do this anymore. And my mom, at that point, was kind of upset. She's like, no, you're going to stick to it. I was like, I don't want to play this. I want to play violin. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I didn't want to play piano, but I knew that I wanted to play, play a different instrument. And also, my mother's best friend is a fiddler, and... Uh, has you know done that my entire life so I, I you know I known that that was like what I wanted to do and played violin for six years uh had one of the most amazing music teachers in my entire life and then I just realized that I didn't want to keep playing violin because I was playing cello and I was having more fun with cello and then mm-hmm. I played cello for five years and then I realized that I was having way more fun playing saxophone and Part of the reason that I dropped both violin and cello is because I was in the Wisconsin Youth Symphony Orchestra, and that was a great part of my life. Met a lot of wonderful people, played a lot of really great music, but you, if you're a violin or cellist, like a violinist or a cellist, you have to be really good, and you have to really work at it, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a virtuoso in either on either of these instruments. I just want to, like, play them. But unfortunately, luckily, I own a violin. I still have my violin. I dink around on it every so often. Um, I like playing fiddle tunes. It's fun. I like having it, and I'm grateful that I have it. I didn't own a cello, so, like, I've never really been able to, like... Because I think that... I think that I genuinely... Excuse me. I think that I genuinely would have gotten back into cello at some point, but... The other thing, and you'll probably agree with this, is that the orchestra <laughs> department in our schools was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember that because I was in the full orchestra. So it's, there's yeah. sometimes that the orchestra would combine with the band and... It was a mess. I, I, I always wanted to learn how to play a string instrument, like a violin or a cello, but that wasn't an option where I was in yeah. elementary school slash fifth and sixth grade where most people would have the option but we did not yeah and even in sixth grade for band we only got to go once a week so so i started whatever yeah so i started playing violin when i was six and then when i was nine when i was in fourth grade that's when you could pick a string instrument and there would be like once a week that you would you know play your string instruments at at you know at school and so i picked up cello because i was like i already know how to play violin if i do this with violin i'll you know be bored and I really liked it, but I also really liked violin. So I kept playing cello at school and violin on outside of school because I was already playing like way higher level stuff. And and then when I was finishing sixth grade, I went, no, I'm done with violin. It's just it's just not for me anymore. And then I fully transitioned over to being on cello. But 
I stopped playing, I stopped being in the orchestra at school because the orchestra teacher was, like, forcing me to play violin. She, like, did not want me to play cello. And then I remember one day I was like, you know what? I want to play violin today. Why not? And she got mad at me. She's like, no, you said you wanted to play cello. You can't play violin. Even though the violinists were like, it's fine. Yeah. She would, like, pit the other people against me, like, there was a guy who was, you know, really dedicated to playing cello and she would like pit him against me. And I was, and he was like, please don't make me do this. Oh yeah. That sucks. I feel like if a kid wants to try different instruments, you should let them like, let them explore. You never know what they're going to end up being really successful at. Like maybe you could have been a a master cellist. Yeah. She's holding you back. I don't get it. I, I, and she also like the kids who were like really into orchestra, loved her like they loved her but i was like it it was like almost a cult but i was like no thank you and then i got to high school and i was like i'm not actually i got to eighth grade i think i've told this story but i think it was when we were doing a watch through i had signed up for spanish and i had dropped orchestra to take spanish because i was like i don't want to do orchestra anymore i am not having fun i am greatly unhappy with the teacher, I don't want to do it. That teacher changed my schedule hmm. without me knowing. So I went to Spanish on the first day of school because they were in the same hour. They both fourth hour. Don't ask me why I remember that they were fourth hour. I just do. <laughs> um, I went in fourth hour to Spanish and they were doing roll call and they're like here you're, you're not in Spanish and I was like I yes I am I signed up for it and that was the only time it was offered I think um and I went to the office because she you know the teacher told me to go to the office and they showed me my schedule and they're like no you're in orchestra and I had my schedule that I had gotten printed out and like sent to me at my house and i was Mm -hmm. like then why does this say spanish on it yeah and they called my mom and my mom was like no she's not in orchestra she's taking spanish because my mom wanted me to get out of orchestra as well because she was really not happy with how the teacher was teaching me teaching me quote unquote so the people were like you have to go to orchestra today you will not have to go to orchestra tomorrow. And I was like, no, I won't. Why would they make you go to orchestra for one day? Well, I told <laughs> them I didn't want to go. Sense. I told them I didn't want to go. And they were like, well, you got to go. Why not just like send you to a study hall in the library or something? I don't know. It had something to do with day. like truancy or some garbage. I go to orchestra. Nothing's happening that day. They're all like getting, you know, I think that's the day where they would like pick up rented instruments and stuff. And I found the teacher and I looked at her and I went, did you change my schedule? And she went, well, you weren't in orchestra. And I was like, I know. I told you. I chose I wasn't. to not. I was like, I told you I'm not going to be in orchestra. I'm saying this like I was super cool for being 13, but I was like, what did you do my schedule? Um, <laughs> I don't want to be here. Well, I did. I told her, I was like, I don't want to be in this class. And she was like, well, you know, you're supposed to be in this class. You, you told me. I'm like, no, I told you I would not be in this class. I told you that I was not going to be in orchestra anymore. I told you this last year. And you changed my schedule. And my mom, my mom was so mad. She called, she called the teacher and she was like, this is so unethical. And she, she, my mom was also at this meeting because it was at like the parent teacher conferences for spring semester of my seventh grade year. And she was like, she's not doing orchestra next year. She's too, you know, she's, she wants to take Spanish. She's in Wiso. She doesn't need like it's, she's not doing it. And why so is uh, Wisconsin Symphony Orchestra for people who Yeah, the Wisconsin who don't Youth know. Symphony Orchestra. I think I said that earlier, but yeah, it's the Wisconsin Youth Symphony Orchestra. So it's, it's a, it's a... Uh, I was say it's an honor society. It's an auditioned <laughs> orchestra for the youths of Wisconsin, Southern Wisconsin, because it's in Madison. Um, and there are four levels, and I was in both the lowest level and then the second high, uh, lowest level. And the the gap between the lower two and the higher two is immense. And so, I just yeah, I was just like, how could you do this? Like, how could you do this? It's just mm-hmm. disgusting. Like, it's it, anyway. Anyway, quitting is fine and healthy and should not be taboo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my other morals. <laughs> <laughs> May have been our longest tangent yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, we're making up for the Kelly episode where we had no yes. tangents. 
Uh, it's so it's not about winning. It's about being the best person you can. It's very similar to the Kim Possible moral, but I will say this in spoilers, I guess. Oh boy, does this movie do it so much better than so Kim Possible? So much better. Yeah. Uh, another one that's very similar is "No one wins all the time," which is another yeah. quote. Uh, and that's from the mom. So the mom yeah. was saying that, and like it's not always about winning. So I yeah. really like that both the mom and the dad were both yeah. good in this movie. The dad we liked more. Yeah. The mom had the mom had some. Problems. I think you mentioned this in the watch along that the acting wasn't as good. No, as the she mom, was... So that's probably so... why. <sighs> I'm acting. <laughs> But they were both supportive of yeah. their kids, which we like. Definitely. I have It's Okay to Be Different, which is, it. it is, obviously. And then The Only Time You Lose is When You Really Want to Win. Yeah. I, those are all the same ones I had. Literally all the same. You don't have any other ones? No, that's all I had. <laughs> I had amazing. It's Not About Winning. It's about being the best person. I have It's Not Always About Winning. No one wins all the time. It's okay to quit. And it's only, and you only. Wait, what did I write? The only time you lose is when you want to win. That's hysterical. That has never happened. We always have... I don't have any other ones. Something different. That's so... I didn't even write down it's it's okay to quit. I just just knew that's one that I wanted to talk about. That is hysterical. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So now we just pick one that we both listed. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of a merit to this movie because it was really clear with what it was trying to say. Yeah. Um... I think that it's it's not about winning. It's about being the best person you can. Yeah, that's the one I like the best. Because that's too. that's it, it's it applies to everyone, you know, Courtney, Erica, the dad, whatever. Um, and it's not just about drag racing. It's about being the best person. Right. Like, it's like it, when you don't. You don't it's when not about Erica did do that thing where she called out uh, Jordy, like, "Oh, I'm better than you." And yeah, like, yeah, it's about being a better person. And like yeah. her dad said. Well, it's also not about, like, winning life. Like, it's just about being the best person you specifically can't be. Yeah, okay, cool. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. the one. That's the one. Okay, where's Kim Possible? As I can see. I think we're going to do a three. Oh, I got it right. A three. Uh, The Kim Possible moral was specifically, just because I'm not the best doesn't mean I'm not me. So it's actually not the same moral. It is different, but it's similar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Kim Possible also did it very badly. I don't think that this is, like, the most amazingly done moral. I don't think it's as good as Cadet Kelly, but I would say that it's at least as good as Cowbell's. Let's see. Don't don't Judge a Book by its cover. Cadet Kelly I have at an eight. For moral? You've had a test of time. Nope. (laughs) This is the second second week in a row I did this. I'm like, an eight? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I'm like, why did I have it so low? Okay, 9.25. Yeah. I'm thinking I was thinking a 9 point... for this one, but what else do I I'm have I'm thinking 8.5, so that's not too different. Yeah. You had Teen Beach nine. at 9. Yeah. I I think I like having this the same as the original Teen Beach movie. Yeah. I'm going to do I'm an 8.5. I might bump it up to 8.75, but for now I'm going to keep it at an 8.5. Because it did a good job. It, I wish it, it did just done just a tiniest bit more, but it was, it was still really good. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's like, all right, well, we, we did, there's no other morals. <laughs> there's no debate here. Okay. Yeah. Test of time. Did not think about the test of time at all. I, I was thinking a lot with Cadet Kelly since we had just watched that one and they're, I mean, only a year off, but it's, it's the same thing where it's like the style wasn't overly 2000s. No. Besides the sunglasses that I hate, but and people still wear them today, so I, I can't judge yeah. that, I guess. There wasn't any weird lingo in this one that I remember. No. No, I would say, honestly, it's it's probably actually a little bit better than Cadet Kelly, because Cadet yeah. Kelly had a little bit. I'm trying to think if I want to do an 8.2 or an 8.5. I think I'm going to do an 8.5. What, do I have anything at an 8.2? I have Jump In at an 8.5. I'll give it an eight five because I would say that it's 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 at the same level as jump in. Yeah, eight five eight five easy for me. Alrighty. Yeah, there's really no I, the test of time with ones that are really not egregious. Like there's there's really not much. Oh, there were a couple songs. Like there was that one song that I can't even remember what it was, but it played when they were like in the truck, and I was like, whoa, I haven't heard this song in so long. <laughs> um, let me see if I can figure out what it was. But it was both Sarah and I were like, whoa flashback 
One thing, this has nothing to do with the test of time, but it's something that I know I'll forget to talk about. It was really weird, uh, her relationship with Pretty McCott Boy in this movie, because nothing ever comes from it, which is fine, there, but there's, like, no resolution. But also, there's this weird part where the crew captain, who's this guy that's been, like, a part of their life for forever, is like, hey, we should go on a date sometime, and she's like, uh, you're like my brother. And then he's like, okay. And I'm like, what's the point of this? That's just mean. Yeah. I really, I, w- I was convinced. I was convinced that after being invited to that party, she was going to drop off her friend Randy and then go back to that party. I'm like, don't do it. And then it just cut to a commercial break and then they went to school the next day. Which is another thing about this movie. They had weird spots for commercial breaks. Yeah. They were so abrupt. Uh-huh. It might have been... Like, you would think that more was going to come out of a scene, and it's just like, nope, commercials. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I don't know which song it was. It might have been I Can't Wait by Hilary Duff, which is very funny. Yeah. It's so weird. It, it was... I, the, yeah, I guess, like, the test of time, really, it just... It's not even a test of time of, like, you know, how well does this movie hold up from 2003? It's how well does this movie hold up as a TV movie? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh... I'm going to give this movie an A. I was debating. I'm like, do I give it a high A minus or do I give it a low A? I'm giving it an an A because I was really invested in this movie, even more so than Cadet Kelly. And I think yeah. Cadet Kelly, Cadet Kelly is more fun. The characters are bigger. It's it's probably honestly more of a movie. Like Cadet Kelly is a movie I could like have seen be released in theaters, but this is a very solid TV movie. And the dad really ranks yes. up this movie that dad, true he, i was debating high a minus or low a but you know what thinking of like the dad special, it's gotta be an a like 10 points extra yes because he's he really just like warmed my heart the whole time the it was a good family the mom was flawed but she wasn't like you know it wasn't it wasn't like go go to hell mom you're so bad yeah it was we should start a dad grading scale like from bad dad should. to rad dad we should we could just call it bad dad or rad dad we're going to do a bonus episode because I feel like that could be an own, its own episode. We're going to do a bonus episode. Be. Go through called, all of them. Called yeah. Rad Dad or Bad Dad. And we're going to we're going to do that once every season. <laughs> that would be so fun. We and have to do it. It's going to be great. And I'm excited for it. So anyway, uh, this one would obviously be Rad Dad. Yeah. Like a hundred. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's like, this is, this is the scream team of dads. Scream team moral of dads. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm really excited for Bad Dad or Rad Dad. Um, okay, so my A's right now, I just have Teen Beach Movie, I think. And That's Color it? Friendship. What do I have? I feel like I have Scream Team, Teen Beach Movie. Why do I have the Oh, color... I have Scream Team at an A-, minus. never mind. Teen Beach Movie. Yeah, I just have Teen Beach Movie and Color Friendship, and I don't know why I have the Color Friendship as a 96 and, and Teen Beach at a 95. I'm probably going to bump Color Friendship up to, like, a 90. The Color Friendship Eight. will probably be an A-plus movie. Like, honestly, that movie is incredible. Yeah, I have that one at a 98. Teen Beach is a 97. I think I'm going to do this one at a 95. I'm going to do this one as a... Because I can't remember our scale, but I think a 95 I'll look it up someday. A. I think I'm going to do this one as a 90. <laughs> well, then um, I'm going to do a 94. If if we can go down to a 93 at an A, then I'll do a 94. I think so. Because let's see. 92 I have for an A-. minus. I have 95 as an A. I have a 91 as an A minus, 90 as an A minus, 88 as oh, an A Oh, I have a, a 93 at an A minus. Oh, you have a 94 as an A minus. Oh, what is our scale? 95. This doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But I remember because it was like 0 to 10 was a was a D minus minus. 10 to 20 was a D minus. 20 to 30 was a D. And then was it 30 to 40 was a D, D plus? Yeah. And then when it got to... For, maybe 40 to 50 was a C. Where's a C? Uh, our wrap-up this season is just me correcting our, our scale. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just give it <laughs> what you want. And then before the wrap-up, I mean, I'll stay with a 95 for now. And if, if yeah. our scale is lower than that over time, I might give it a It doesn't make any sense, lower, though. Why would, why would an A be such a small amount? I feel like it still has to be, like, 7. I feel like it still has to be, like... Because I feel like an A plus which should just be like a 99 and a 100. I have no idea. I'm still going to give this. I'm going to, right now, I'm just going to give it a 94. I'll still give it a 95 for now. Whatever. 
whatever. I think it's not as, I, I don't think it's as good as Team Beach, but I don't, I, I still enjoyed it. I, when I can, I'll probably tweak the numbers so that this one is a couple more points below Team Beach because I do think the Team Beach is better, but I also might just tweak, I also might just bump both Team Beach and Color of Friendship up to an A+, but we'll, we'll see. That's an end of the season thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess I'll have to listen to the season wrap and figure out our weird grading skip. So, I mean, so I long. Could, How did I could also do it. <laughs> yeah, you do it. You don't do anything. I can do I'm it. Just kidding. Sir does so much. Love you. Okay. Uh, what do I have? I don't like in the beginning of this movie that there is something that tells like this is the based on the true life story of Erica and Courtney Enders, and I'm like they don't share a life. Yeah, it should be the true li- lives. Yeah. Yeah. This true story of the lives of Courtney and Eric Enders. It was just so weird. Um, yeah, and that then, was really weird. But, and, yeah. fun fact that you looked up yesterday, they were the stunt doubles. Yeah, they were the drag racers for, for, yeah. for Brie Larson. I think it's really Mitchell. cool. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, we just see Erica when she's four, which doesn't really make any sense because it's like, the, there's a training wheels metaphor where she's she's racing on her bike, but it's got training wheels, and the training wheels fall off, and there she goes on a bike without the training wheels. Which is a cute little metaphor, but I'm like, she's four. Yeah. That seems young. <laughs> I do like any time that she's about to race, she, her dad always calls her monkey. Um, And every single time she's about to race, he pats her helmet and goes, rock and roll, monkey, stick him. Yeah. Which is really, really cute. cute, especially when you compare it to the, the, the dad of the like boy that she's trying to beat. Um, who's always like, beat him! You're the better guy! Yeah, you, you can gotta do beat it. the girl. Yeah. She's just a dumb broad! So it's just really cute. Um, the only other things that I have are about the director and the writer. So the director for this movie was Dwayne Dunham, which we have, uh, talked about a lot. We've talked about him a lot because he was the director for Halloween Town, The 13th Year, uh, Ready to Run, Double Teamed, Tiger Cruise, and Now You See It. So we've only got two more movies of his to watch. <laughs> um, and it was written by a man and a woman. The woman did not do much other TV writing or movie writing, unfortunately. But the man, Bruce Graham, he wrote A Ring of Endless Light, Tiger Cruise, and Anastasia. Hmm. Yeah. Like old, like animated Anastasia? Yeah, Fox Anastasia. Huh. Yeah. That was interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, that's all I have, though. I've talked about everything else. I have. I really liked Erica's speech that she gave at the volleyball practice about oh, some that. girls were calling her out. That's yeah, they were calling her out like, oh, well, you do racing and that's not really a sport. So Erica was bringing up all these good points about, like, when I'm driving, if I make one slip up of, like, my hands or whatever, like, I'm going to end up in the hospital whereas if you do it's like oh you hurt yeah, your ankle which is something when, when she said when the girl was like oh that's not even a sport my brain kind of went yeah it's not really a sport how athletic is it and, and then, then she proved you wrong and she proved me wrong and i was like well my foot's in my mouth now ain't it yeah and that and the force uh, like when you're going that fast yeah, and she can't, can't breathe because all the force on her lungs which we see when she's in that car accident yeah and they have or to put oxygen the, on the, the drag racing accident and then yeah, they have to put the neck brace on her and airlift her to the hospital. It's more dangerous than you think. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really... Oh, the, the slow motion and voiceover at the end. Yeah, oh, God. Where it was like... It wasn't even... <laughs> it, was like, it was like lines from the movie where it was like, all you, you the only time you ever lose is when you really, really want to win. <laughs> and it was like the... Go, I guess bad the roll, bad voices monkey, and then and then she goes a little too early so they, they back her up but then she has the And then the it does it voices. again! It's kind of like the devil and the angel. Like the devil was talking to her I first, didn't even and she almost that. messed up. I did not even and, notice that. Yeah, and then it's like her sister saying, "Oh, breathe, take your breaths," and then and she wins weird in the sister end. ESP. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. I don't feel bad spoiling that. There's no way that they wouldn't win. Like Cadet Kelly, yeah. it's like, yeah, they don't win. That's amazing. This one, it's like, what's the point if she don't win? Right? Why what's would they the make point? this whole this whole movie about their their life stories if they didn't win all these championships? Yeah. 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 That's all I got. Ooh, Schiller. What's the decom vision for this week, Sarah? Um, watch a Brie Larson movie. Yeah, we watch talked Room. about Room. Watch you Room. You can watch this one. Watch Room. You can watch Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, the short film with her and Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, what's it called? I can't remember. 
Let me look it up. Watch 13 going on 30. She's a six chick in that. If you also like Tom Hiddleston, you can watch Kong Skull Island. They're both in that one. Please don't watch Kong Skull Island. It's so bad. It's like Station 17 or something. What is this movie called? Short Term 12. I was wrong, but it's... I don't think I've seen that one. Maybe that'll have to be my one that I watch. But I also want to watch Room again. And I'm also... I really want to start all the MCU movies in chronological order. And I think Captain Marvel would be the second one. Yeah, it's really early. After... Yeah. So maybe I'll watch a few Brie Larson movies. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. I Yeah, that's the best one that I can think of. That's a good one. Cause I, that I, or we could also say quit something that you don't enjoy. Yeah, doing. if there's something... the other, the, So like the, the kind of fun decommission is to watch a Brie Larson movie. The If you want a like moralistic one, if there's something you don't like doing... And it, you know it's not gonna affect anyone adversely. Quit it. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna. It's not bad. It's not bad to quit something you don't love unless it really adversely you know screws someone over. Right. Cool. Next week is Pixel Perfect from two thousand four. Week after that is Buffalo Dreams, which Sarah still knows. Sarah still knows nothing about. <laughs> yep. I keep saying I'm not gonna look up anything about this movie because the title is so enticing to me and I'm so yeah. curious about what it is. Like, yeah. do people literally dream about buffalo? That's I don't know, movie. but I'm gonna be the surprised. Whole movie is just thought bubbles of buffalo. <laughs> That's what I like to think it is. Uh, as you mentioned, Sarah and I rewatched or Pixel Perfect last year, uh, so it'll be a little bit of a similar discussion style to what our thirteenth year discussion was. Um, but it'll still be fun. Uh, there are things that I have already forgotten about that movie, so, and it'll also be fun to look at it from you know this you know analytical view. And compare it to things because we had nothing that to compare pl- it to. Yeah. So exactly, it'll be fun. All right, everybody. All right, talk to you next week. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye.